ears and open up your mind They'll reach into your throat and pull out your spine And when the sun blows up and the earth is gone They'll still experience grind with Kyle and Sean uh, You know what I've always thought would suck? Uh, what? I meant like going viral Okay Like I, I, I meant, Dude, what if you were still today like known as Star Wars Kid? Or, yeah. Or what like, like I saw one today where like somebody found some pretty obvious detail in the Shrek movie and it for some reason went viral cuz it was on TikTok and everybody on every news channel now is labeling this person as Shrek fan. Your entire life you will be known as Shrek fan. It doesn't even matter if you're like 80 years old. Like look at the yeah. Irma Gerd girl or like that kid, you know the baby that's like yeah. Yeah. Success like, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Success kid. I saw a video with him. Apparently, that was like 15 years ago. That dude's like he's an a adult young now. adult. Or, yeah. Uh, well, he's not a tween. Which no, is... he's like 17, 18, 19 in there, and it's like this kid still somehow like how do you recognize someone who was viral as a toddler kid thing as, as an a adult? Toddler kid thing. You can definitely tell I'm never having any crotch demons. It's the it's the pupa stage of <laughs> enjoyable people. That's before you metamorphosize into awesome. Awesome on the outside, <laughs> concealing a vast deep well of sadness. <laughs> oh but the awesome God. the awesome we put on social media. To make everybody think we're doing okay, right? That's how. Oh, absolutely. That's how you live life in 2021. That's how I definitely live life. Everybody's like, oh my God, you're so positive. I'm like, if only you knew. It's all a mask. <laughs> you don't know my pain. Life is pain. Existence is suffering. Did you ever watch Strange World in this? Oh, yes. I've seen Strange World in this. You remember when, uh, what's it? Is that Jonah Hill? No. Oh, it is Jonah Hill in that fuck. Yeah. Here's the thing. I've seen Strange Wilderness one time. It was in theaters, and I was chocolate milked. Dude, I the first time I ever saw that, I was chocolate milked out of my mind, and it was the funniest movie I've I had ever seen in my entire life. All I can remember is the <laughs> dorkfish laugh, of course, and <laughs> that, and then when they find the Bigfoot, they immediately shoot him with automatic <laughs> weapons. <laughs> Those two like, things are what I remember about Strange Wilderness. <laughs> oh, my God. He came at us. I don't know, man. We came around the corner and it was kind of like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I imagine, uh, with, especially with you around these parts now, that uh, that might be making a soon appearance on Stoner Movie September. Dude, I've been I've been fighting for this movie for like three years. Yeah, so now you it, get it, to pick whatever the fuck you want. So. <laughs> well, I suck it, everybody. This is my fucking plan. Get in it's here. the long con. <laughs> <laughs> Little does everybody know that by yeah. like October, I'm the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you're just in time for Brooks-tober, and you're like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know how many handprints he's put on my chest? Too fucking many. Fuck you, dude. I'm out of here. <laughs> Man, yeah, though. Viral viral fame is a... That's a fame with a high cost, I feel. I think. Like, you're just... Again, like, talking about success, kid. Like, 
this honestly, it was a joke. Like we laughed about it, but seriously, this guy still gets talked to, and he's like an adult now. Like he's still recognized. Imagine being someone that went viral in like their teens, or like they still somewhat look like what the video or the picture or the meme or whatever was. Their life is gotta be fucking miserable. Dude, so yeah, imagine like you get this job at this company and it's great, but then all of a sudden somebody that you went to high school with also works there and they knew you as some embarrassing nickname. Well, now imagine that on a fucking global scale. Any job that any of those people go to for the rest of their lives, they're going to be like, oh, hey, success, kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, bad luck, Brian. How was today for you? Shitty. Oh, man. Yeah, me too, buddy. Bad luck, Just, Brian, was the dork, the ginger with the braces, right? That was him, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And there I am, like, the ginger <laughs> with the braces. Like, if I saw that, dude, I'd be like, hey. Did you have and braces I, I, as a kid? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah this gorgeous did smile that. didn't come out of nowhere. Dude, I had big-ass buck teeth. Nice, man. Real bad. Like, I could literally fit any one of my fingers between my lower bite and my upper, my overbite. Wow. It, it was really bad. I look like a fucking beaver. Damn, dude. They did really good work, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. This was, it was very painful. Back and in I'm the sure day, a tr- terrible childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day when you had like the metal, like, it looked like literal railroad tracks in your mouth. I saw a kid at work the other day. He came in, he was talking. I'm just like, what the hell is in your mouth? And it was like that Invisalign shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Motherfucker, you guys are getting it so easy. You suck. I have a coworker that that has that too. She she has the Invisalign. Ugh, man. It does make life way easier. I know. I'm just jealous and like upset sure, that man. I didn't get that. You know what I mean? It's that shit like the magic of medicine. Like when we were kids, I don't know. Braces for one thing, for sure, man. Yeah. Not nearly as bad. And you know what? Actually, honestly, even if they did have Invisalign when I was a kid, my parents were so cheap, I was getting braces anyways. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, was it so severe, did you have like the full headgear? that No. Like, you had to, no, God, just no. the braces? Dude, I never once saw that. I think that was like, honestly, it had to have been like a couple years before my time. Like, like my time of getting that, they had to have advanced braces just enough that you didn't need that. Because I have... Never in real life seen that. Yeah? Ever. Yeah. What about, like, so, I don't know, are you lucky? Like, did you have to do, I'm cur- I'm fascinated by people's medical history that they shouldn't talk about on air. Fuck yeah, let's I go. Just don't ask for my it. social, my first car, <laughs> my first address, you, my first phone number. Are you lucky enough that, like, you're good now? Or do you have to do, like, do you have, like, a retainer? Do you have to do anything at night? <sighs> this is awful, but I lost my retainer <laughs> within the first year of having it. And so just is never every fucking, fifth grader. I, I told zero I told zero parents because I was afraid of getting my ass beat. Oh, it was and, that long ago. Oh yeah, dude. Okay. Within a year. Like I haven't had my retainer since I was fifteen or sixteen. Okay. Yeah, and my teeth just fine. Nice, man. Because like, I, I have some I had the uh, yeah. inner retainer, but I don't have like so the you, one that goes in. You have the one that's like bridged in behind yeah. your teeth. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of people with that. 
Yeah. Okay. The, th- the shitty thing about that is when I got that, oh, God, this has got to be f- so weird for so many people. What's going on, Ryan, in the chat? You guys can join and talk to us on chat on Twitch when we record uh, like Ryan is right now. How you doing, buddy? Um, but one big thing that I realized about the retainer over the last couple of years is the cement they used. Like they put so much shit in to put the retainer in that as my gums grew, like it was digging down into my gums. To a point where, like, my tongue, like, it would lift up and my tongue would catch the cement. And I fucking started chiseling that out, like, a year ago. <laughs> like, I would just go in and now it's just So you chisel, like, I feel like if I had that, I would not be able to not play with it with my mouth, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah all I'm, I could do was play with it. As soon as I could feel it, my tongue automatically went there, nonstop. Cut up my tongue, I, too. Yeah, I used to have lip rings and I had to take them out for my own sake because I knew I was going to fuck up my teeth or something because I could not play with them. <laughs> I think we both have that compulsive personality to just like if if you have something, you feel something, it's fun, it's distracting. And that's a big thing for me is distracting. The ADD yes. nature of myself, if I feel something, even if it's virtual, if it if I can physically feel it, I'm going to do it and get pleasure out of it until it's boring. Well, if anybody has ever watched a stream when I play games, anything like that, they, uh, I have a th- I lick my mustache constantly. I'm constantly like, not even licking it, but like, I just, I touch it with my tongue because it's there. It's not as bad yeah. if I keep my mustache trim, but when you get lazy with it, like I do with everything, there's, there's a lot of times where, uh, yeah. Man, I get that. As as a mustache aficionado like myself, for that whole five months that I grew one, once it was long enough, all I wanted to do was lick it, chew on it, pull it into my mouth, pull my lip it, down, curl it it's in. Bad. It becomes like a habit that you don't recognize until you realize that you're looking at somebody while you're actually just staring off and licking your mouth. And you, you're like, oh, I look like a huge creep right now because <laughs> I'm out in public. <laughs> Staring at somebody blankly, just looking. But yes, exactly like that. And, uh, and then you feel real self-conscious, but I can't stop myself from doing it. So, Dude, I'm the same way. Not necessarily with like doing stuff like that, but I am really good with just kind of blocking out my surroundings. Like if I am focused on something, I... I <laughs> Ryan says, I see. I leave the podcast and immediate mustache tack, talk. <laughs> Yeah, well, he does I, talk I about his it. dumb baby face. I do remember the month, I believe, he did try to grow facial hair. And I, I applauded it. I thought he should have kept going. But <laughs> it was a uh, an Everest climb, for sure. Um, he does agree that it was horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, listeners, I know I just kind of shouted that in. But we do try to record these live on Most Twitch. Molestash. So- so, <laughs> so go ahead and give us a follow on Twitch, twitch.tv slash experience grind. And whatever you see us go live, just come on in, chat with us. We'll uh, kind of respond to your stuff as we're talking about what we're talking about. But as yeah. I was saying, dude, I am so good at blocking stuff out. So just yesterday at work, I would, it, dude, yesterday was fucking a nightmare. We were supposed to record yesterday. I'm like, dude, I'm, uh, I'm already here so many hours since I was, you know, supposed to get out. And it was just a nightmare of a day. Just absolute. I wanted to uppercut every old person that I saw. And (laughs) (laughs) 
You want and, a piece of me, old man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to fucking good old Notre Dame, like, back fist, like, right to his forehead, <laughs> knuckles, you know? <laughs> the old fisticuffs. Uh, oh, my God. And so I had just went over to talk to my chef for a couple minutes. I'm just like, dude, I'm so fucking done right now. And he was over by, like, the register. And at the register was one person not even paying attention because at this point I just don't even care. And I look over. It's somebody that I haven't seen in like a year who just came to the area to uh, to stage manage a show uh, in Great Farrington in the area from New York City. They came over and she she got in like a week ago and she had posted something like coming to you Berkshires. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. She's like, damn, I was going to surprise you. I messed that up. <laughs> Still pr- surprised the shit out of me because I saw her. Sure. Like, ah! it, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. You turned into Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> 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 yeah, but anyway, it's just like I get it. Like you can just zone out and either just be like licking your mustache, be looking at something, not paying attention to your surroundings at all. The next thing you know, feel like a complete idiot. But it made her day because she was still able to surprise me somehow, even though I knew she was here. And I was just like, wow, I feel so dumb. You were I looked at you for like seven seconds before it clicked <laughs> that it was you. And there we don't even have to wear masks. So it's like I feel real dumb uh. because you weren't even wearing a mask. But you did say it was a hell of a day anyway. So maybe it just took your brain like oh. a second to, to catch I, up. Yeah, I wasn't there, man. I, I was on freaking, I don't want to say cloud nine, because that's usually a good thing. But like, I don't know, cloud negative nine. Like cloud hell negative, clouds. all right, sure. Yeah. I'll take that. That That's a quantifiable subject, yeah. Yeah, that's like cloud level four of nine. Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> so right before the you, butcher. You said she was a stage manager. I'm curious, what is the difference in a stage manager and a director? Like, actually, actually, I think she she's either no, I think she's a stage manager. So the theater is super weird. There's like uh, company management, stage management, uh, like everything's. So directors are responsible for putting the whole show together. I think I'm not entirely sure on her role, just because. <laughs> Mainly, I only know things about, like, the theater world, like, the in-depth stuff from people that I've dated. <laughs> or, <laughs> sure. Or whatever, hashtag theater season. But um, she's if she stage manages, I think she's in charge of kind of uh, making sure that all of the actors are good to go, everything's going well on stage, stuff like that, whereas the director is responsible for the overall production of the show. Okay. Uh, and then... But and I guess she's probably company more the management? performance. What's that? Of the, I said, I, I guess the director, too, would probably be more of the performance of the actors. Yeah, probably the assume. performance, the lighting, the music, stuff like that. Over, yeah. Like the overall say on all of that. Because there's also like lighting management, sound management, all of that stuff. So all of those different parts go into a show. And then the director would oversee all of that and make sure everything's up to their liking. And then company management would be kind of taking care of like all of the housing on the back end, like behind the scenes, like that these actors get this housing and you know, all, all of their demands in this are met and taking care of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of crazy, but I never thought doing, about what are the two of those. Way. Yeah. But and then I imagine stage managers probably in charge of like scene change, like probably. set change. Yeah, I'm figuring this out, and I well, feel confident design? enough to say that's it. 
Maybe design too. Sure, yeah. And then, like you said, like making sure people hit their marks when they're supposed to. Like, hey, where the fuck, Sean? His line's coming up in four scenes. Get him out of here. You know what I'll do? I'm going to ask her about what the fuck she does so that next episode, (laughs) if we remember, we will get this out. We're going to get to the bottom of this. If there's one thing we know uh, as Experience Grind fans and listeners, they are all about theater and plays. A few of them actually are. I, I say that. Yeah. Facetiously. God, that was the word I wanted, but I kept going to... Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> I literally, I legit have people message me that know me from shows that say, hey, you're a theater person, dot, dot, dot. Have you seen this? Paul Korn, friend of the show, Paul Korn, uh, messaged me about this show that's on Apple TV. He's like, you're in a theater, right? I think I remember hearing about that somewhere. I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. And it was like some cartoon on Apple TV that is like a musical. I haven't watched it yet. Sorry, Paul, but I'll get there. <laughs> I think I know it's I, the same. Paul Korn and uh, Paul Kluhl have both. I think it's the same show. I can't remember it for the life of me either, but they both pitched it to me. And uh, I just got to get this Apple TV thing, I guess. But yeah. Okay. If you're going to get Apple TV, I <laughs> this one show, you know me, I don't watch TV, but I am obsessed with Ted Lasso. And that is only on Apple TV, and I am in love with the show. That's the one Paul Kluhl told me about, I think. That's one with Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Who plays an American football coach who gets brought to to England to be a football coach by a lady who took over the team from her husband who they divorced, and she got the team, and she's trying to destroy it by bringing in this guy. And Mm. it's the most heartwarming wholesome, delightful, like, I just, you have a smile on your face the whole time you watch it. That's going to sound familiar. That's going to sound real familiar in about 10 minutes, I think. That phrase you just said. Wholesome? Are we talking about this movie in 10 minutes? Because I wouldn't say that. (laughs) No, Not wholesome, but the other one after that. Uh, You can't help but have, (laughs) have a smile on your face the whole time you watch it. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> in the weirdest way. Exactly. In the fucking weirdest way. <laughs> Fuck, we talked about viral stars. Uh, yeah. Speaking of viral get- and people doing dumb shit on the internet, uh, another chance to plug this old Twitch channel here, you know. I've been doing a lot of dumb, crazy shit on Twitch these last week. Dumb but amazing. Don't. But it's going to continue, too. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've been trying to maybe embrace a little bit more of the live stream uh, lifestyle, and I've been filming myself playing golf. Uh, last night I did a cooking show where I, I, I grilled out, and uh, I had the whole get up to look like a buffoon. And uh, uh, my neighbor the, in the other backyard, she was out enjoying the night too, and I'm fairly positive I caught her taking a picture of me in my ridiculous stream get up. That's amazing. That's- Probably sending it to her Snapchat friends to make fun of me, which, fair enough, I I would have done the same. And that's fine. And I think that is the whole, that is the secret to success when it comes to being viral. Like, half the videos you watch, if you were to watch them in isolation, just in real life, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But But then it goes out to the, like... 
to the world and for you and me to watch a video that it says it has 200,000 likes on it. It's just like you're not going to view it as ridiculous, you know? It's it, also it's something to say like viral videos are also weird because of the the way that they do unite like sometimes the entire fucking globe, you know? Like Yeah. You can it's weird I could go to like I don't know, China, New Zealand, or like fucking somewhere in Russia. And like, there's somewhere, there's a meme that I could relate to with those people over there somehow. Just a picture with some sort of implied feeling in it. And we could have a communication almost that way. Yeah. I've, I've said the same with like GIFs now. Or I'm sorry, it is GIFs until November. You're uh, fucking right, and then I'm gonna smoke your ass in Tekken again. <laughs> it is gifs uh, until then. But uh, yeah, I can't believe you, I beat your ass. <laughs> I can't either. I really can't. But uh, it happened, and it was on. It was filmed, anyways. Yeah. But just the fact that I could do that with an entire group of people, I could have a full conversation and never actually type a word, is a weird place to exist in culturally. Yeah. And I was, I was I was telling you off the show. I I t- dude, I texted you this morning I'm like, "Man, I fucking love that." I as soon as I logged on to Facebook and I saw a picture of you in that stupid ass outfit, which of <laughs> course, I immediately goddamn loved. I was like, "That's not stupid at all." Like, okay, so let, let me take it back about two steps. I didn't think that was a stupid-ass outfit. I fucking love that outfit. But I could see how your neighbor would be like, what the hell yes. is this guy doing? You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. I, yeah. I fucking that, – that was endearing to me. I fucking love that. But anyways, I saw that. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I want to watch this. That was awesome. So I immediately clicked on it, went in there, and I was like, man, that is some clickbait-ass shit if I've ever seen some. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that but, it was good enough. Yeah, we can catch him next time. But I think it is one of those things where you're talking about viralness, where it's like, you know, you touch a global scale. And I think it has a lot – it's kind of relatable to like Twitch with, you know, these folks that are in here watching in here. There's – you know, I'll pull back the current. There's six people watching us right now, which is kind of crazy considering we haven't been doing this for that long and it's a Friday night. But it's one of those things where, like, if there's 50 people watching, imagine how many people would see 50 people watching and then jump on in, you know, just because there's more. And it it's one of those things that builds snowballs exponentially. And I think, you know, doing some, stuff like that where it's just so ridiculous, it's just like everybody's going to be like, that's awesome. Look how many, how many likes that got. That was probably, like, the most liked photo that you put up on the podcast page in, like, the last year. Yeah, it did fairly well. Like I said, I hope that it people will watch the next one now that they, you know, I will look stupid. It is so I have the I have the classic chef's hat that uh you would see in the movie classic Ratatouille. Uh, you know, that that tour de force. Uh-huh. I did not have a rat under my hat controlling me, although I could. I do love that movie. And you would never know it. Um I had that and then I have this awesome apron that is powdered toast man from the fantastic cartoon Ren and Stimpy. Amazing. And, uh, he flies backwards. I don't know if you remember that. I did. <laughs> Powdered Toast Man was a personal hero of mine. So to have <laughs> to have him on an apron form is... I, I tell you, the entire time I grilled last night, I had the chest puff out going. I felt I felt good. I was a cock with a walk, you know? That's Ka-daw! fucking awesome. Ah! Half the battle is the performance, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I got to own them up more, I guess. I was also, I don't, it's weird to not be embarrassed when you're doing things in front of a camera and sure there's an audience there, but nobody in the real world can see that audience. It can feel super fucking weird, man. Yeah. Dude, I think that's something that you're just gonna like the more you do this shit, you're gonna get so much more used to it. You know, yeah. because yeah, you see me on Facebook, I share the most ridiculous shit of me doing like doing stuff that if like It's true. The dancing, if I thought and, about yeah. how many people were watching me, I, it would be crippling. You know, like <laughs> I, I like danced in my window on North Street. Yeah. And it's just like that blew up. And it's just like when I think back on that, I'm like, man, if I thought about how many people actually were watching me do that, that would fucking. (laughs) Yeah, you got to turn that That brain off for just that second. Right. Just. Yeah. Just get it in, man. But I think you were saying that you had a lot of uh, really good ideas in terms of this whole Twitch thing. So, guys, again, if you're listening to this on your audio format and not watching us live on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash experience kind. Give a follow there. Hop on in. I'm sure you can hit the little alert button. So it's like, yo, the boys are going live. Where Kyle's the boys doing something are going awesome. live. Boys are going live. Man, I need to do something with that. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> I do have like something. like you know music. I have something else to say, speaking of music. <gasps> yeah. Man, the music in this movie was really good. <laughs> the entire fucking soundtrack was acapella. It was and all it, acapella, like actual real stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm trying acapella to find the soundtrack right now, but like half clapping. the stuff I. What was that? It's acapella and just clapping. And then, yeah. like, a lot of it is, like, really Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. It's incorporated into a lot of the soundtrack songs. And so much of the soundtrack is just that. It's that it's a lot of repeated stuff that it, it builds. And it'll, it'll just be like Paul Dano walking by himself in the woods, sort of even mumbling to himself, like, blah, 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 blah. And then it gets, there gets a rhythm in it that starts building. And then a it almost more becomes, like, in. orchestral. Yeah, like, dude. But, but like not musically or- orchestral, but like ambient, not ambience, but like like you were saying, like acapellically orchestral. It goes, it swells. Yeah, like yeah. You think it's just this simple single voice, and then you have this chorus of high notes, and it you can't when it really hits, man. You cannot tell the fucking difference that you're not hearing this moving orchestral score because you're moved. And it might yeah. move you even more because of the fact that at every level, the movie tries to ground itself in a human element, even though it's surreal and fantastic. And I think the soundtrack does another excellent way to anchor in this human element by making the entire thing done with just a human body. It's all yeah. what again. It's so it's so cool, too, because it's so many times it starts off sounding like the air escaping from a dead guy named Manny. Just this, uh, uh, like this, this guttural noise that builds. Ah, holy shit, man. I like how you went with air escaping from this guy, Manny, and went with a groan instead of a fart, which you yeah. hear the entire damn movie. <laughs> that is a complete aside. I just thought that was humorous. Well, so yeah, I was... I should have gone with the fart because the fart is the basis of this movie. The entire, the entire reason, movie. 
The entire movie, the entire reason Paul Dano accepted the script is because the two directors pitched it to him on the one sentence pitch was the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry. Yeah. You know how I knew you would watch this movie? When you watched it, because we had been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, and the day that I knew you watched that movie was because you immediately, I I am sure of it, that like immediately after watching this movie, you posted something on Facebook. Again, go to Facebook, search Experience Guide, and it's the one with the gears, but you posted something on Facebook about the music in the movie, and I was like, nope, he just watched it. (laughs) I posted uh, the montage song, which is my favorite song in this movie, and one of my just, I fucking love that song, and uh, it was great because I was getting ready to watch the movie, and I was like, man, I fucking love that song montage. I'm going to listen to it. So I went and looked it up on YouTube, and then immediately shared it, of course, and then I watched the movie, and then I listened to montage like four more times afterwards. So you, wait, you heard this before you watched the movie? Dude, I saw this movie. I've seen this movie before. Oh, had you? I wow. saw this movie. Maybe in theaters, you told me dude. that, and I'm yeah. really good at blocking stuff out. I don't know if Chocolate I told you that earlier that in this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw this movie in theaters, bro, and I oh, I, I loved going back to it. Yeah, I'm I've been a fan of this movie since day one. Like, damn. Yeah, I I was surprised to when I was doing a little bit of looking into it earlier tonight to find out that it came out five years ago. Yeah, and like Ryan just said in the chat, I, it might have been my number one that year it came out. I was a big fan of this movie. Wow. Uh-huh. It was... R- to keep in line with what you're just saying, Ryan just said the soundtrack is the best part of the movie, in his opinion. It's brilliant. It feels handmade and personal, much like they would uh, make in the woods. Yeah. Like the world they would they make in the woods. I, I That's a really good way of putting it. It's just like kind of... I grew up in... Kind of like the middle of nowhere. You know where you've been here to go to yard games, but I grew up kind of like even more in the woods, like a couple town, like an hour and a half away from where Mitch was when you came up to visit. And like our way of having fun was like playing in the backyard or in the hundreds of, not hundreds, but probably acres and acres and acres of woods behind the house. And you would just like go out there and just like make noise and like, bang sticks on stuff so it's like for me like listening to stuff like that and you know people just being lonely and out that sounds so depressing but being lonely <laughs> and out in the woods and yeah. just like trying to make your own entertainment this was like really hit the nail on the head for it, me for the musically again it just it does so much by being so base and human that i think it just taps into Something within us. It it definitely does a way of hooking into the human element of the movie, which mm-hmm. surprisingly for a loner dude and a dead guy, there's a lot of humanity in this flick. It's just really this was fucking a roller weird. coaster. Yeah. This it really a, is. I've gotta say, this is gonna sound be no big surprise to you, but maybe a surprise to people that know don't know, know me this well. Wow. For people that don't know me that well, but it... I've <laughs> it took me four sitting throughs to watch this just because I'm really bad at watching movies. And this is honestly kind of like for all the ridiculous shit that happens in the movie, kind of a calming, like relaxing movie. Just like there's not a ton of action. There's a lot of stuff going on. So like I was very susceptible to like passing out. But uh, like even with that being said and for someone to be like, oh, you fall asleep four times. I really enjoyed 
this movie and like this story that it told. And each time that I went back to watch it again, I wouldn't start from the beginning, but I would start like 15 minutes beforehand. So I was catching a lot of the stuff like two, three, four times and just mm-hmm. like really digesting so much of this movie. I don't know. I really I bet it. that was really cool actually to like sort of because it was for me this was only I think like the third or fourth time I've actually seen the movie, but it had been a while. No, I'm oh no, that was that right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to respond p- to people with faces instead of I words see. while you're talking. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just the fucking uh Daniel Radcliffe farts the entire movie. <laughs> and it's still <laughs> it's still an amazing piece of art. It's it's the weirdest thing to describe. You cannot that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do was convince people to watch this movie. Yeah. And when they ask what it's Man, about. Really? Yeah, dude, cuz like, I've gotten like 5 people to watch this movie and I hadn't even finished it yet. Yeah? Yeah. All I had and, to do was tell them about the first 6 minutes of the movie. Sure. I, I always tell people it's like, well, all right, so Daniel Radcliffe's in it, but he's a dead guy the whole movie. Sure. And he's also farting the whole movie because, you know. This is your pitch? That's how I kind of tell people because I don't uh, I don't like to give too much away. Okay. You want to hear my pitch? Yeah. Give me your elevator yeah. pitch of Swiss Army right. Man. How do all you right. sell people on this? Yo, okay. Everybody, if you haven't watched this yet and you haven't paused this to watch the movie yet, this is my pitch to you. Okay? This is a movie. That starts with a dude stranded on an island who's about to hang himself. Then he sees a dead guy on the beach, right? And then a dead guy starts farting and he rides him like a jet ski in the first six minutes. Like a jet ski. He rides a dead guy like a jet ski. How can you not want to watch that? And everybody's like, holy fuck. I kind of want to watch that movie. And then it like fucking roller coasters all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's also if you need just an extra little uh twist there ladies you also get to see daniel radcliffe's bare ass twice (laughs) it is in the context of ripping massive farts at the same time but for six minutes yeah you do get to see it so (laughs) you know ryan is pointing out you do have a sound bite right here that you said a couple of minutes ago that is the perfect pitch the first fart will make you laugh the last fart will make you cry and it really should It'll make it'll make you cry for weirder and different reasons, I feel. Unless you get a radar boner, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know how weird that's going to get. Well, so I mean, you're crying because like I'm just referencing the movie. Yeah, that's all. It it's all about <sighs> This movie is so much about humanity, but it's yeah. the humanity of a total fucking creepo. Yep. But okay. it's also about a creepo embracing that creepo side. It's fucking weird. It's it's a really it's a really fucked up like double edged sword because it's like by the time you get to the end of the movie, you realize this whole movie was about like loneliness and depression and trying to kind of find happiness. But then you realize that he's a fucking creep stalker, super creep stalker because yeah, and the woods. Spoilers. I love. Yeah, I love that the woods turn out to be not that extensive, and he's just no. been living back there. I think the woods was like him living. The woods was him living in his mind. You yeah, know? of course, that was the big thing. That's why he was yeah. stranded. Because essentially, yeah, it's like it's you started on such a small island at the beginning, where it's 
where it took me like two <laughs> two two naps to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> but you start on this tiny ass island that literally looks like it's forty yards by forty yards with a huge rock in the middle, with with a cave that has enough room for him to try to hang himself, which Honest to God, I really did laugh when he saw Daniel Radcliffe's body and stepped off the box and accidentally hung himself. I started, I embarrassingly started crying with how hard I was laughing at that. It's but it, but it starts on this small island and he finds Manny, dead little Manny Radcliffe, and rides him like a jet ski off of this island to a much larger island and every time as they explore and go through feelings and he starts sharing these things about him and kind of making a weird ass friend like his the world keeps opening up so it's definitely all something that's clearly set in his head and i thought that was kind of awesome so it's also like the way that i took it so paul dano or uh hank is yep. he's obviously a fucking weirdo. And yeah, so he, he's, he's regressed super far in society because he's not supposed to be a weirdo. He's not supposed to embrace these things about his personality. So that's why he's on the fucking island. He's regressed himself inward. And then he meets Manny, who's the dead guy, who I guess was a real dead guy that he did drag around in the woods for a while. But, like, he goes through this whole charade of teaching him about humanity and teaching him what he can't do. Like, you can't get a boner in public, man. You can't just fart whenever you want to because that's what people have been telling Hank his whole life. Exactly. Hank is a guy that has been, like, he's trying to pass on a way of humanity while he has been fed, uh, like, a super repressed version of humanity his entire life. Like whether it be about relationships, masturbation, I don't know. I'm sure there's other stuff that I nap through, but there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that he just doesn't, he himself doesn't have a lot to go off of because like growing up, he was told by his parents, like, that's not, no, that's not right. That's not cool. You don't do that. And to like you and me, I'm sure like that stuff is just super normal stuff. And like, I didn't grow up in a super Catholic Christian household, you know, and I can't imagine how it's like, and I can't imagine, like, I don't know if that's what his upbringing upbringing was, but it kind of sounds like it. From, like, the people that I know that kind of had that upbringing, super religious, don't touch a dong kind of stuff. He also did, like, he he implies a lot that him and his dad have, like, a a weird, strained relationship because uh, he also says that his mom died when he was young. And then that's that's when uh, Daniel Radcliffe uh, correlates the masturbation to his mom. And, like, that's why he feels guilty, which... Dude, there's, there's, it's again, the more we talk about this movie, the less we're going to make it make sense. But I think overall, it's such a fucking crazy character study of just mental illness to a degree, like not even to a degree, like it is about mental illness. Like, yeah, I even like that it touched upon by the end of the movie. um, And I only, I caught this because <laughs> nap number four and I, you know, rewatched a part again. And so there's a part towards the end of this movie. 
where uh, Manny's character, uh, Danny Radcliffe's character, Manny, says, stop being such a, you know, R word, right? Hard R. And that's, you don't pick up on that right away. But then on a second watch, this is one of those movies where if you watch it a second time, you pick up so much shit. Because literally 20 minutes later, he runs into his dad, you know, at the at the very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, don't be such a hard R, right? And Hank has the same exact response for both Manny and his dad where he says, don't use that word. It's mm-hmm. not cool to use that word. Something like that. And for his dad, I think that it's such an interesting look into his his mentality and kind of where he's at, that he has such this strict, uh, strict, uh, strict upbringing of somebody to just be so pure and do all this stuff, but can say such messed up stuff. But that also, I think, really has a lot to do with maybe the time of his upbringing and stuff like that. So I think it is also like a really cool commentary. Well, not a cool commentary, but it is a commentary on kind of the difference between generations. Um, and just those spots of like what people say. And so you have a super strict like Christian belief, you know, don't don't masturbate, don't do this, be a good person. But you could say such an awful thing mm-hmm. to you have somebody that's, you know, Hank's age who's just like, yeah, I'm going to masturbate, but please don't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also I met like his dad, I'm sure, called him that word. And I'm sure he got called yeah. that a lot. And they also imply that like, he was made fun. He at some point gets caught masturbating because he sort of talks about that and the nicknames uh, that people give. Uh, they call him Hanky Wanky. Um, and this yeah. is actually a scene that got cut at the end of the movie, but there's a hint of it. Uh, the news or the news cameraman yep. says, hey, I, I think I recognize you because he was going to be from yeah. his fucking high school. Shout out to earlier hey, in the episode viral. where I talked about viral, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where he remembered him as Hanky Wanky because, and that's where like this masturbation shame angle comes in. But I think they just sort of broadly generalized it because, I mean, I know as a kid, it was still, I was ashamed when I first started cranking down. It's it's a weird thing. And especially if you are even from somewhat of a religious house, like there's this oh, weird man. shame about it, at least in my area where I was from, like. You guys you didn't talk about hear it. something really awful about me? Not awful, yes. but too much about me? Cool. So, I started the whole crank down thing for me, third grade. Third, third grade. grade? Third grade. But here's the thing. That was like before anything even happened. Yeah, like, you did. I just you were kinda, trying I, to I, conclude. No, I, I was always like the like sleep with a pillow between my knees kind of guy, like my whole sure. entire life, right? And like when I was really young, I like must have moved just right. And I'm like, oh, that feels really good. So I was a little, <laughs> so I was a little pillow humper, right? <laughs> and it got to a point where I'm like, man, that feels so good. By like fourth grade, my dick was so raw. My mom was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> then you had to talk like way early. Uh, no, I said I don't know what happened, Mom. <laughs> Yo, Here's so the, everybody listening that didn't want to know that, you're welcome. It's this not is su- why I dance at my window at work. I've read many uh, an Ask Reddit thread on how people like uh, discovered that stuff. To know that uh, apparently many a girl discovers the the mysteries of masturbation during rope climbing class in gym. Oh no! Oh, with the harness. Not even like just the climbing up the rope, like with the leg grip, apparently. Like, kidding, 
it huh. it's it's just enough to like people are like oh what is this and then you know everybody comes to it their own yeah uh, i had never heard that because we didn't ha- really have rope rope climbing here ever the hell was that we never had rope climbing here ever it was just like it was horse riding that was like the big thing around here. Like people would get on a horse and it's like, oh yeah, they bust a chair. He's riding a, riding a horse. Blah, 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 right? They always like, say that about like the horse girls. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like everybody around here. Uh, we do have a couple of new people in chat. Micah, thank you for joining. Uh, Ryan, thank you for pitching in. I do want to ask you guys for something for us to kind of go back and read later on in the movie. Uh, it does look like Micah has seen this movie. Guys, what are your thoughts on this movie that we uh, could possibly read later on in the show? Anyways, Kyle, back to what you're saying. Um, so horse girls and rope climbing <laughs> girls get it pretty early. Um, oh, uh, you thought you you were uh, a pillow grinder. It's it's a lucky thing. It, it didn't happen later because, unfortunately, similar to Hanky Wanky situation, yeah. uh, a kid I went to junior high with, uh, for some reason, told everybody that's how he masturbated. He humped his pillows, and uh, this uh, this poor guy had the last like name later in life. Yeah, we were in junior high, and he just told everybody. He's like, "Yeah, man, I like I hump my pillows. It feels real awesome." Dude, and, in like uh, third grade, you don't even shoot nothing out. That dude was probably sleeping on fiberglass. Well, but I'm saying this is like junior high. This is like seventh, eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, you're... exactly. He's shooting stuff out. He's sleeping on fiberglass. Oh, yeah. Oh, freaking, I get what you're saying. Once that solidifies. <laughs> sure. And that was his own Shit, pillow, which gross. again, fucking gross. But the poor guy had a <laughs> had a name that rhymed. And uh, it was, I still know, every time I see this dude, I'm always like, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, hey. It's that guy that fucked a pillow. <laughs> that shit doesn't leave you, man. That shit doesn't leave you. It's like in yeah. Superbad when he's like, hey, you remember when you pissed the bed? And he's like, yeah, it was third grade. And he's like, yeah, but we didn't forget about it. <laughs> it we don't. People don't. Uh, and it's just change schools, man. Just that's change hilarious. schools. You know what? If, I get if, that. If because you have kids right now, now. Yeah. Because right now, me telling you guys I was a little pillow humper. Everybody listening to this, you are officially number three plus people that have ever heard about that story ever <laughs> in my life. So two people before y'all have ever heard that was a little pillow humper. But it's also like you're old enough. You're telling the story oh, now at fuck. your own. Yeah, you don't care. You can tell it. and But like, dude, as a kid... That's tragic. And then what sucks is that like that trauma from that is tied to you for the rest of your life. Because every time somebody says that or every time you see somebody that made fun of you for it, you're like, oh, shit. I, you just go right back to junior high, man. Yeah. Scars go deep. I, I wasn't dumb doing? enough hey. to tell people. <laughs> Mitch knew, I think. <laughs> and like maybe Mitch one knew. other person. But I didn't fucking tell people in school. I'm not exactly. that stupid. Exactly. Shit. But. Yeah, this guy was also not the brightest because he told people willingly. It sucks even worse <laughs> if it happens without your own consent, you know? Everybody's eating square school pizzas, and he's like, dudes, I was riding my pillow last night. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> eating square school pizza. <laughs> Dude, you set you know those you set the scene. Oh, I do. Yeah. And they always microwaved them, so they were yeah. oh, they were soggy. Yeah. Oh, my God, they were so soggy, my dude. 
It was that terrible. Gross. <laughs> but also, in hindsight, it was also the best day of the week. So what's that say about the rest of the food? Because we had shitty pizza, man. But as a kid, you do not care. Or at least we didn't. I don't know. Are, are kids the same way with pizza now? They are? Uh, that was to Micah. Oh. But I have no idea about pizza. <laughs> I have to imagine. Yeah, like, does pizza go out of style with kids? Are we a more worldly culture? I'm curious. I don't know. I don't hear. Okay, so I obviously I'm not talking to a bunch of kids, but I hire like, you know, over the years, we've hired like a bunch of like seniors in high school and stuff to kind of give them like job experience and stuff like that. I have never once heard them talk about like pizza. Like nobody fucking talks about pizza anymore. Like, is that a dying? Is like ramen the new pizza? Well, I wonder, so it's a thing, like, I remember as a kid growing up, we always went to Pizza Hut. Like, that was the place to go. Like, you win a baseball game, you do anything, you get booked it, you go to Pizza Hut. And now I feel like, I almost feel like more people go to, like, Mexican restaurants. That's, like, the thing that everybody does, you know? I think it's the new thing. I think you're right. Like, so you have Pizza Hut's pretty much died. Like, that is a A lot of them have. Domino's has died. Uh, Micah does say pizza day at school is 1000% still a thing and still on Friday. Mine was on Monday. Um, just as a heads up, but I do think that the, the palate, the palate of America has switched from Italian to Mexican. I think you're right. It's just part of the culture. It's, huh. it's the, the way the program was amazing. Micah, thank you for in- interjecting that into this conversation. I, did you do the book it program where you read books oh, yeah, and of course. to earn towards a personal pan pizza? That was Miss Barbara Bush that implemented that, and she was... Uh, what a fucking saint. I, I think that even... That continued for a while after she was out of office, because Book It was around 100%. for a while, yeah. I, oh, I was but doing for that. Sure. It's my... I wouldn't say early teens, but like so, early, early teens. Here, here's... All right, you shared your embarrassing first exposure to sort of sex. Mine, similarly, weird. was brought about serendipitously through the Book It program, because I would read... Tons of bullshit because I loved Book It. So at one point, another story. (laughs) I got some. I got a a novelization of like set in the Aliens universe. Okay. And this is like this is like sixth grade, so like still pre-puberty. But like there was a pretty graphic couple of sex scenes in that book, and I remember getting real excited about it, but not knowing really what I was excited (laughs) about. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew girls were hot. I knew boobs were great. But, like, this was, like, graphic written sex, and I was like, okay. Yeah. So, oh. it was probably not the best idea for Book It, but hey, fuck it. Yeah, you know, I can relate to that, and this is actually kind of topical, because holy shit, it's Friday that we're talking about this right now. Fear Street is coming out on Netflix right now. It's a three-part series, and apparently the first one's supposed to be amazing. But anyways, when I was a kid, I loved R.L. Stein. And Fear Street, I love Fear Street because it was like the young adult R.L. Stein shit, The right? tween. Yeah. yeah, the tween stuff. And <clears throat> maybe my mind is like mixing up. It's got to be mixing up this and another book. But it was either this book or another book that was on my shelf that had like, it wasn't a graphic sex scene, but it was just graphic enough that I had it bunny eared. <laughs> to always go back to that every single night. Like I was that kid. Hell I was yeah, my dude. Pornos, but I was like reading this shit and be like, oh yeah. Hell yeah, my dude. Hell yeah, dude. 
Man, for everybody who knows me that's listening to this, you are so welcome for this deep dive into my weird-ass fucking psyche. Hey, man, <laughs> I feel it's pretty good this is a meta episode in Swiss Army Man because that's all it's yeah. about. We're, we're yeah. taking deep dives into psyche. I remember, like, dude, uh, like borrowing uh, a porno mag from a buddy and then, right. like, half the fucking pages were stuck together because he would crank <laughs> onto the page and then shut Come it. On. And I was, all, I was like... Dude, why the fuck are you ruining all the best pictures? I can't see him, you asshole. And he's like, I love that you're calling him out for fucking busting on a page. Well, yeah, man. Because then it's like it gets glued shut and it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. That happens Holy so much. Shit. These kids man. today with their internet porn and their yeah, personal the internet porn and their fucking socks. What the hell? Uh, they don't get God it, man. God damn it. Micah had a wall. These In kids my day, had socks. You had to jerk off to a magazine your friend had already jerked off to 40 times. And you knew that he'd had his sweaty hands all over it that had just touched his penis. And you didn't care <laughs> because there were naked girls in that thing. Yeah, it was the same thing as like going to a friend's house and like going to the bathroom. You got to take a deucer, right? And you go in there and they had like, remember? Well, okay. So like my dad had like a stack like this big of just like wrestling magazines, like. PWIs and stuff. Now you just grab a random one that you hadn't read in a couple months and just flip through it. Dude, people are like taking deucers in there. Like that shit's covered in shit. It's like the same thing. People oh, are bank banking on this stuff and like like you can't even take books into Barnes and Noble because they're poop particles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they don't take them back. Yeah, there's an old episode of Seinfeld about that. Yeah. Oh, Fuck, crazy. I forgot about that. That's a great episode. <laughs> it's George trying to return the book. Yes, god damn it. <laughs> ah, Shawnee boy, Shawnee. Yeah. Uh, so, back to Swiss Army Man. Of course. Swiss Army Man is a beautiful, weird, disgusting weird flower that, like, I, I would describe similar to those rotting flesh flowers that, like, are so unique that... You have to see it, and then after you see it, you don't know why everybody said you have to see it, but it sticks with you, and you're like, wow, I did see that, and you yeah. still think about it. A movie like that, Sean, comprised of all these weird parts, I gotta ask, do you, do you have a favorite segment or section oh, of this man. movie? I do, I do. I, I do want to uh, just kind of touch upon something. You know me, like I, I remember quotes and stuff like that. I, I brought it up in the last couple episodes, but you said that this is a weird movie and one of my favorite parts of this movie is when he's like, when he's trying to teach Manny what weird is. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, that's don't do that. That's weird. And he's like, what's weird? He's like, well, weird is when you do something and people laugh at you for it. And he's like, well, don't you want people to laugh? It's like, well, and not at this. So I, you know, that's just one of the things you mentioned that I'm like, man, that just even that touches on the movie. But one of my favorite, ugh, I love the whole through story of this whole movie. But I love just <laughs> like the absolute over the top ridiculous shit that you see in this movie. Whether it be like, ugh, fucking, he's riding like a jet ski. Next thing you know. Daniel Rack, uh, Manny's like shooting water out of his mouth and he's just like drinking from his mouth. Like <laughs> there's so much ridiculous stuff going on in this movie that you're like, you, you have to take a step back and be like, what the fuck am I watching? 
multiple times that will happen to you during three this movie quarters too. of the movie. Yeah, you think you'll be watching what it the and fuck. They're having this super deep philosophical discussion about what the meaning of love is and why life is worth living. And then you take a segment to stop and you're like, wait a minute, Daniel Radcliffe is a dead corpse and he's farting. And like, he has a fucking boner that's running around <laughs> like a rat in his pants yeah, and giving off the radio signals. Like, uh-huh. I wish I was making that se- that sentence up, but I'm no. not. That's a, that that's a thing in the movie. Yeah. That's, that's a real segment that you, that's, that happens. I'm glad that you brought up Daniel Radcliffe speaking because one of my favorite parts of this movie is the very first time that he ever speaks. And it's after Hank has like started. So the first night that he has him and he's filled himself up with water. Yeah. And like he uses Daniel Radcliffe to save himself by like using him as a canteen. Yeah. And uh, he's sitting there and he's talking to him. And uh, he thanks him. Uh, he says something, and then Dan, it's just like this sort of dead he's like, silence. Thank you, buddy. And he's like, "You're welcome, buddy." He goes, well, "Okay, buddy." And then Daniel Radcliffe just does that perfect, like, absolute terrified scream, and just punches him in the face and runs away. Oh, and like, not Danny, not Danny Radcliffe, the other guy. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, Paul Dano does the perfect. Yeah, Paul Dano. Does he does the, that perfect t- scream. It is, and it's so well done. And it, oh, I love that section. I, I love, laughed out loud there too. My favorite is the fucking when they actually have the montage song when they're doing the montage of him using his body as the Swiss Army Man. Yeah, dude, when he's shaving his face with Daniel Radcliffe's teeth, yes. I laughed so hard when he's gra- he grabs him and drags his like his front top teeth down his down his chin and then grabs the hair from his mouth and throws it to do it again. Yeah. Dude. (laughs) And that was really Daniel Radcliffe, like pulling that down and getting that hair in his mouth and just sitting there. Cause Daniel Radcliffe was in every scene of this movie. Like even when it was the dummy of himself, he, it was him that would throw the dummy. Like, he was involved in every fucking part of it. He didn't phone any part of this in. I goddamn love Daniel. I love Daniel Radcliffe so much. I love Paul fucking Dano so much because he is fantastic in this. And this movie would not work if either of them was like phoning it in or didn't give a shit or didn't try. Yeah. And goddamn, they are both 110% in on this movie. And you can fucking tell, man. Like it shows you feel it. Because, God damn it, this movie makes you feel things that you don't expect. And you kind of yeah. don't like yourself for feeling them, especially at the end. At because, the end, for sure. Because, holy shit, you've been this whole time identifying and caring about Paul Dano. And then to find out he's such a weird, gross piece of shit. And you've felt <laughs> gross because you've identified <laughs> with him this whole time. And, ah, oh, it's such a great turn, man. Yeah. It totally flips everything on you. It's like that last five, ten minute turn that you're just like, fuck you, movie. You son of a bitch. But also at the same time, oh, I'm not that mad at you. God damn it. That was uh, very good. And a big thing for me is Paul Dano, for me, just looking at Paul Dano, he looks like a goddamn serial killer. He like, always has. Yeah. He always has. And everything I have ever seen him in, he just looks like a serial killer. 
And so by the end of this, when it turned out that he was kind of like a gigantic creep, I felt super justified. It's <laughs> <laughs> super this is good why I about hate you. <laughs> all about like all about the feelings that I had. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I feel good that I felt this. I caught that coming on. <laughs> it's completely justified. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love when he uh, launches the, what is it, the crutch that he has tied up. I, he, like, shoves it down Daniel Radcliffe's mouth, and then it, like, fires like a cannon. There's oh this great gosh. shot where, like, his mouth is fluttering yeah. as it propels this thing out. Uh, when they use him as a rec- as a machine gun and kill the raccoon, yep. and then they're, they're eating all of these dead animals. God damn it, dude. You got Daniel Radcliffe, like, coming down to walk at a bear and, like, crawl and then explode himself on a fire. Like, you, honest to God, folks, like, if you haven't seen this, this is a movie where you're, you are going to see the most ridiculous shit that you've ever seen. Like, honest, honest to God, I can't think of another movie that I've seen, like, more ridiculous shit that I've seen in this movie. Like, <laughs> and if- the the thing that still gets me about this movie is the roller coaster it takes you with your emotions and the things that it does to you as you like all this shit that they go they spend so much time in this fucking elaborate like bus that they build out of trash and it has like this purpose cuz it's teaching Manny about humanity and then really you find out that the true purpose is just that Daniel fucking or Paul Dano is a complete psycho living in this small wooded section behind this chick's that he's stalking house and building this elaborate fake life with her. Dude, once they got to the point where they were walking through the woods and coming across all their shit, I felt so gross. (laughs) Well, and it's fucking Mary Elizabeth Winstead nails it perfectly when she's like... Ramona Flowers? Yeah, she's also in this movie, Big Selling Point, and she's like, did you build all this? And he's like, yeah. And like... If this was a different, if this was sort of the movie type that you were expecting it to be, where it would go like the rom-com angle, she would be overwhelmed with romantic intentions because she'd seen this guy's dedication to her. So, and then she just, she has this look of disgust. Yes. But instead he's, he goes, yes, we did. Referring to him and a dead guy. Yeah. that, That he just stole from a fucking gurney and rode him down a hill and floated him down a river. Like it's, yeah, exactly what you just said. It's just like, there's so much. It takes, it takes, I think that's what it's trying to do too. uh, To use a phrase that I hate. It subverts your expectations because it builds it up. Like so many other movies where, If some guy in a rom-com has this dedication to this girl and she would see it, she would fall in love with him, air quotes, because that's what she's supposed to do, because he has this dedication to her. Whereas, like, really, that's really fucking creepy. And if you look at it in the context, yeah, of the here it is, we're presented to you. And then you see it and you're like, oh, yeah, that is fucking creepy. And even Mary Elizabeth Winstead is like. She has that disgusted look on her face when he's like, yeah, we did. She's like, ugh, like, yeah. you're fucking weird. You built all this shit in my backyard. <laughs> and, then, and then it gets even weirder. So where's your mind at in this last scene of this movie? I, Because I don't know how to feel about this because 
he does kind of like keep trying to will Manny back to life. Manny kind of like farts himself off into the distance, smiling. His dad kind of is kind of like that a go that a that a boy, and he goes, "Well, not us. I did." You know, he does change his answer there, and yeah. like his dad has a change of is that him sli- slipping back into kind of like his delusions? Do you think? So the way that it's I see gotta it, gotta be right. I. I don't think so. The way that I see this is... Was he really living the dead body? (laughs) No. So Manny, like I said at the beginning, he's teaching Manny all these things. He's teaching him humanity. And in a sense, he's teaching him all these things that he shouldn't do. He has to be this thing for society to like him. Because if he's not, he's a weirdo like Hank. And they won't like you. You won't have friends. You won't have somebody love you. So you have to be this fake thing. So at the end, when Manny is going away farting and he's smiling, that is Hank embracing his weirdness and just being himself finally and not caring about society. So he is going to fart and he is going to be a weirdo stalker. Yeah. Who cares? But it's his life. And so that's why his dad's proud of him, because he's not faking it. That's so weird. That's I know. It's so weird. That's weird because I I wouldn't think that that is what would get his dad to like him because that's what's got his dad to kind of I wouldn't say resent him but like kind of put down the shit that he does but Hank does in terms of like in story air quote story like getting Manny to come back to life was just farting in front of people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's weird. (laughs) I know, but it's I think it's him embracing the things that society has told him that he shouldn't be. And so he's repressed it. And again, it's all about this mental damage that Hank has on himself. That's why he's refined himself to this one lonely island in the middle of the ocean. And then Manny sets him free. And that's all Manny's doing again at the end. It's setting him free from these restraints he's put on himself. And that's why he's weak and he can't talk to Ramona on the bus because he's restraining himself. Yes. That's why his dad doesn't like him, because he's restraining himself, trying to be something society wants him. So when he's himself, he's finally embracing what he is supposed to be. And that's why his dad's finally not not proud of him and blah, blah, blah. That's the way that I took it. But I totally see your way, too, where it's like he's just embraced his full-on delusions He's just ran, he's stolen a dead body from the police and ran with it to the beach, and everybody's insane. I just, for a movie that, okay, (laughs) this is going to sound insane. For a movie that is so fucking realistic, but hits so many, uh, like, realistic, mm, like, if you were to step back and kind of watch somebody and be like, well, that's why this person is doing this and that's why this person is doing that. Like at the end of the movie, you're like, "Mm, well, I don't know why that person would get away with that. I don't know. Neither here nor there. Whatever. I don't know. I'm super, (laughs) at the end of this movie, I am super confused because I do have all the way up until like the last two minutes. I loved all of this Mm -hmm. and the last two minutes. And I didn't even hate the last two minutes, but the last two minutes was just like, where are you taking this? And See? maybe I'm just a little too dense to understand. And I know you just kind of explained it. And even then it's like, 
kind of hard for me to just like wrap my brain my brain around like being cool with that. I think I though at the end that's the end goal of the movie. Like my yeah. what I think of it A24. isn't the isn't the definitive answer. Like I think a good movie like that should leave you questioning and I was yeah. the same way the very first time I saw this movie and left the theater I was like what the fuck was that? Yeah. I knew roughly what I was getting into going into it and even I had I'm still, it's, it's fucking weird, man. That's what we can say definitive about the movie. It is weird and yeah. you will remember it after you watch it. Yeah. Yep. For, I, I will never forget for this movie. Sure. I will <laughs> recommend this movie to people to watch. Um, I, I feel like I'm going to do the exact same thing on the next movie that we talk about. If the next movie is what we're think what I'm thinking about, it, it's just like, sometimes you have like really weird movies that you're just like, fuck, <laughs> you gotta experience <laughs> this movie. <laughs> fuck. We do got to experience this movie. Uh, yeah. I think I know what's coming up. Well, well, let's give the people a hint of what's coming up next in case they'd like to watch. And then we'll ra- uh, rate this bad boy and wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, I think the plan is Willy's Wonderland, right? That is the name of the movie, Willy's Wonderland, which is... Nicolas Cage. It's kind of like a Five Nights at Freddy's kind of-esque mm-hmm. movie. Yep. I fucking love it. Kyle hates it. So let's see if <laughs> on a second rewatch he likes it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm not anticipating, but uh, I, I'm curious to see how it goes. I... <laughs> I generally always like to give everything a double watch. I think with everything, you've got to at least experience it twice. I'm the same way with records, usually, or an album. Yeah, it's the ex- experience grind, right? The, <laughs> it is an experience grind. To get the most out of life, you got to grind some things out, baby. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Willie's Wonderland. And uh, yeah. I believe we're also going to have a special guest on that episode. Okay. Um. Yeah, fuck you. You'll you'll hear the guest when we get to that episode. You'll have to wait. Um, oh, keeping this behind a curtain. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, buddy, uh, I kind of have a rating system, but I'm wondering if you have that one up. You're generally pretty good on it. If you don't, I can come up with the one in like two seconds. All right. So my thought was, of course, uh, it's pretty basic, but uh, mine was just going to be a scale of one to ten farting Daniel Radcliffe corpses. Mine was going to be one to sixty-four ounces worth of uh, worth of water coming out of Daniel Radcliffe's mouth. Let's do that one. Okay. Okay. Because that's so sixty-four that's half ounces. That's sure, half so, and that's that's a reasonable amount that a person should try to drink in a daily. <laughs> Don't drink uh, that yeah, much you water. You want to drink two gallons, but. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what what is it? Sixty-four liters. You said. No, 64 ounces. 64 so one ounces. One to okay. 64 ounces of water coming out of Manny's mouth. Straight okay. into your mouth. For sure. Which So 64 ounces coming straight into my mouth is the absolute best it could yeah. be, correct? Oh, 100%. Yeah. You want a, I'm thirsty. Dude, you want a full I half gallon in yeah. that gullet, man. I haven't had water in like a week. I need yeah. some fucking liquid going. And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am 100% giving this 64 Holy fuck. Times two. I, mean, I, I would immediately refill it and go right back to the tap, man. I fucking love Swiss Army Man, dude. I didn't expect that at all, mm-hmm. man. I've been, I have been, honest to God, torturing myself all day about what I'm going to give this movie. Yeah. Do you torturing give it whatever you want. myself. 
No, I know from dude from the first moment I saw this movie, even though it was so confusing, I was instantly in love. I fucking love oh. this movie. I think everybody should I, watch it. I'm so glad I brought this movie up, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am too, man. That's why when you brought it up, I, w- I, really, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we'll talk about Swiss Army Man. Hell yeah. Peeling back the curtain, like earlier in this show, Ryan literally in chat said, I can guess you, uh, guess you voted this show. And I gave like one of the thumbs up towards me kind of thing, right? Without saying anything. He's like, oh shit, that was like <laughs> Kyle's favorite movie in 2016. <laughs> 19. Like, yeah, nope, that was mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hands shit, down. I, I would uh, I would agree with the quote Ryan just put in the in the chat that I do want to take Swiss Army Man out behind a dumpster and get her pregnant. 100%. <laughs> slap my name on that shit. For sure. 10 out of Holy 10, 64 shit. liters out of 64 liters. So. Ryan, you've been chilling here the whole time? Of course, he's a bro. He's a good bro. Oh, man. What about you, I'm buddy? Man. Okay, man, <laughs> I've been I've been tormenting myself this entire day, and I still didn't come up with anything because I didn't have a full thing set in stone. Um, man, if I'm going out of sixty four ounces of water going straight into my mouth from from uh, Harry Potter's mouth, Harry Potter is blowing. Man, I would say I would say sixty ounces of water straight into my mouth. Still I'm pretty gonna good, ding then. four points, and I don't know why. Maybe the confusion at the end for me, because I'd it was a big sure. roller coaster for me. It was a big roller coaster, and I did like the I did like the journey that it took me on. But the last couple of minutes were really weird for me. Uh, I, I, I don't know how they <laughs> co- possibly could have ended that like cohesively. Like I outside agree. of him just getting arrested. Sorry to keep talking over you. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm just, I fully agree. With, and I understand anybody who I think that's a perfectly valid response to the movie to be like, yeah, this movie is great. But that those last two endings really fuck with me because they do. Yeah. And I think it might be a little bit of like, hey, we got to end this. How do we end this? Oh, hey, let's end it ambiguously. And then the audience can interpret it. But yeah. And also, to be fair, it's the only part of the movie that I didn't watch like three times via naps. So, like, it is the least watched part of this movie that I've seen. I hope that maybe if I napped like three more times within like the last 30 seconds, I would have a different opinion. But (laughs) I hope that if you keep napping while you watch it, too, like by the time you get here for 24 hour stream, if I play the soundtrack, your boner will just start moving because it's (laughs) dude. I'll, it's I'll live stream my boner going everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> my boner is going. You want to hit fifteen k? I'm gonna just let's go boner all day. <laughs> Hell yeah, fucking rock hard for this twenty four hour stream, baby. <laughs> That's the sound of my wiener going everywhere. Again. <laughs> <laughs> it sprung a leak, everybody. <laughs> For everybody who who's audio and not watching on us on Twitch, <laughs> uh, man, yeah, man, that's that's really all I got to say. As much as we can, I know we were kind of everywhere, all over the place, but uh, to be honest, this movie great. is that way. Yeah, it's it is sort of everywhere, all over the place. We didn't even really scratch the surface of what happens in this yeah. movie because it's so hard to really describe and quantify. You do need to see it, but. I think yeah. a 60 and a 64, 
are about just the highest recommendations you could get from the two of us. So out of 64. Yeah. Out of 64. Yeah. Uh, not a hundred. Like perfect score. And then like in still an A plus. <laughs> absolutely. That is still like really, really top of the top of the tops. Top of the pops, baby. Yeah. Um, this is one of those movies that like, man, like if we tried to go into like what this movie was about, like you, I don't think anybody would really want to watch it. Like it just sounds so fucking ridiculous. But it is one of the. I think it's one of those movies that you just gotta sit down, fucking just watch this movie, watch it with a loved one, watch it by yourself. You know, I don't know, go on your own personal island, or something. I don't know. But tell you what, I think you'll enjoy it. Put the kids to bed. Grab your wife that you've lived with for five to 15 years that you've established a family with. Get her, cuddle up, curl up on the couch, get a blanket, and watch Daniel Radcliffe's dead body fart for an hour and a half. Okay. And just... So you said put the kid to bed? <laughs> Ryan, earlier in, this, earlier in this recording, said he couldn't believe that this was rated R. What's your feelings on that? I totally can believe that. There's a lot. I mean, there's... Same. Um, Mind control boner. Yeah. There's a mind control boner. There's bare ass. And it's not good ass. It's hairy Daniel Radcliffe ass. He did not shave it <laughs> or primp it up at all. He's like, no, this is my hairy ass, y'all. This is what you're getting. So. Was that his actual ass? Yeah, I told you. Daniel Radcliffe was in every was scene of this movie. No yeah, shit. that was his actual. You know, he did that stage play where he was nude. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one in London. A couple yeah, years ago. Something with the, with the horse. Like yeah, he's like he was like in love with the horse. Yeah. I think it was a dream sequence, but nonetheless, dude was butt naked on stage every night. So he's cool with oh, it. Shit. He doesn't have a problem. As long as it's for the art, and this movie is definitely art. Can't argue that one. So, other than that, man, I got nothing else to say, Shawnee. You got anything else? No. I'm all good. I just want to thank everybody who joined us over here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash experience grind. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, search experience grind. We're the one with the grind. Uh, Kyle, I also don't know the Twitter ever. So Yeah, it's just uh, uh, Twitter uh, at sign exp grind podcast. Cool. And one thing that I would really appreciate is anybody who's listening, if you haven't just like if you're listening on like Apple Podcasts or like Spotify or whatever that you can leave a like a rating, just click on us. Just like give a five star like don't even type shit if you don't even want to just give us a rating like that really helps so much. And uh, I would really appreciate that. So would Kyle, but I definitely appreciate that. Uh, So, yeah, that would be awesome. I would love it too, and I'd love it more if you did it and then said moo in the con. I don't know. I have to rhyme everything. It's a fucking tick, I think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You're going to go viral for that, my dude. Woo! Moo! <laughs> moo, uh, man. <laughs> speaking of moo, man, uh, Shani, uh, tell the audience what they can do. Yo. Okay, guys. I'm going to need you to. I don't know. Okay. I, I was gonna save this for a different movie, but I don't know. I don't know if we're ever gonna get there. But I'm gonna need you to take about two steps back and literally fuck your own face. There it is. Yeah. There Bye, it is. everybody. All right. Bye. Bye.